Hello, this is Gary Rogowski for Splinters. Thank you for joining me. Today's podcast is one I call Gargantua. I just woke up from another afternoon nap. I, the slumbering giant, at least in my dreams, and this has been happening a lot since the move of the studio a few weeks ago. About two months of loading and packing and lifting and worry and very little sleep during it all. I've been thinking of changing my studio logo to a pillow instead of a chisel. Maybe a pillow and a lounge chair recumbent. Man, oh man, I have been sleeping. I have been sleeping hard since the move. It takes a lot out of you. I was going to say I was sleeping like a log, but I make sounds when I sleep, so... What's the sound of one log in the forest deeply snoring? It was an effort. My thanks go out to many. Jesse, who was there to help me to the very last week. Mark and Angie and Molly and Big Bob. Ed the Rigger. And many more. So, uh, Rogelio and Keith. My deepest gratitude goes out to so many who helped me during this time of madness and escape. This time of necessary change and the sadness it brought to me beyond my tears. It was a huge task. It was a gargantuan task. And I thank all those who came by to help or to say goodbye. Although I'm not going anywhere, it's just time for a new version of me. It happens. Every 24 years or so, I make some big changes. And this was one where I really needed help to get out the door. So thank you. Note to Benny, uh, Gargantua is a giant and character in a Rabelais 16th century story, a satiric poke at religious institutions and superstitions and lawyers seemed apropos to me at this time to use this as a title. I'm moving the studio from its 10,000 square foot home into a 600 square foot one. You do the math. I know it doesn't fit. So I've got pods and containers and a garage full of stuff and yeah, that's how it goes. But I had to get my big equipment moved. And so here's a story about big equipment movers because they are different. Trust me, they are different. Now, I I bought a shipping container to store my lumber in, and I banded up the piles of this stuff, about 3,500 board feet, and then another 1,000 or so we stuffed in between those piles of, of lumber and some benches that I kept and other boxes of wood and... We filled about two-thirds of the capacity of the shipping container. Yeah, somewhere in that, in that neighborhood. And it sat in the street next to the studio, 20 feet long. And it had been brought there, empty, by a power lifter. I would bought this container months ago. And even then, the prices were high, but evidently they've gone up. So you can't get computer chips or shipping containers. There you have it. COVID economics. Anyway, the shipping container sat in the street next to the studio, and uh, the guy who brought it was this, he was a power lifter. He had these giant arms and a tattoo crawling up his neck of a dragon or a griffin or, I don't know, maybe it was his bulldog, who was sitting next to him on the the shotgun seat of his uh, large tow truck. Sweet little doggy. Bulldog, I could get to smile at me. This power lifter, not so much. He asked me, where did I want the container? And he was precise about this because he promised me where that back end is now, that's where it goes. 
So I, I said, okay, could you move it back a couple of feet? Just to save my tired knees some steps. And he backed up his uh, tow truck and then let the container hit. He pulled away, dropped the steel box exactly where he said. I smiled and said, thank you, and off he drove. So we loaded it. And I have to stop right there to point out how funny language can be because it took hours of labor to do this task of loading. And in a few words, I just described it. We loaded. Anyway, it was, uh, it was a big deal. I'll spare you the pain of that and tell you about the next mover who showed up. Now, this was the guy who was picking up the box and taking it up to my place in, in Lyle. And this guy showed up with a side loader. The other guy had a flatbed tow truck, and he just kind of pulled away, tipped the, the container up, and moved out from underneath it and dropped on the ground. This new guy came to the side, and he was going to side load it. I showed him what I had inside the container, just so he could get a sense of it. And he said, hmm, it's going to be close. I'm like, oh boy. And uh, the night before, uh, Jubal and I had run the numbers on various species of wood, trying to figure out how much it was going to weigh. And we came to the, the really informed conclusion that it was going to weigh a lot. What that number was, yeah, it was anywhere between, I don't know, was it three to five tons? of stuff and we were hoping he could lift it up. Jeremy was the name of this this uh, power lifter in his truck and he said it'd be close um, and so I, I prayed to the patron saint of heavy things. I think that's Saint Groan or Saint Grunt or is it Grunty? I, I don't know. I get them confused. I just know, well I think they're French. I don't know. Patron saints. <clears throat> so I was all loaded up with wood I was there by 7 a.m. stuffing pillows of blankets and foam and wedges to keep the piles that didn't quite reach the doors from shifting. Check my straps. Jeremy shows up, parks his truck next to the box, and he looks up at the wires in the street. I asked him, are we okay? And he grunted. And either that meant no, or maybe he was praying. I'm not sure. He just said, they didn't give us much room up there. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, I never thought of the wires overhead getting in the way. But Jeremy went about his business, seemed to forget about it, and uh, moved some levers and put out his two load stabilizers. These are these long arms that hydraulically stretched out from the truck into the street on both sides to stabilize them. Then he dropped these two arms with these straps and hooks on their ends. And each hook has a ball, like a big metal fist on it. It's not perfectly formed. It's just like a big metal chunk. And these things he drops down with his magical levers until they hit the pavement on the ground next to the holes in the bottom of the steel box and the bottom of this uh, container. And, and there, there are these spots where he can put these metal fists into the holes. Four holes, four fists. And then he goes back to his levers and moves one to put some tension on the first strap. Just a little bit. And then to the second, he does the same thing. And the next thing I know, he's moving them both at the same time. He has a sucker lifted off the ground. It moved. Didn't tip over the truck. I was so relieved. It was so great. He raised it up, put it on his truck, no problem. The wires are no problem. And then he told me he would be crossing the river and heading up to Washington side uh, on Highway 14. So I finished my, my load, loading up my pickup truck, strapping that down. 
and got onto the freeway on the Oregon side, on I-84. So I'm cruising along, thinking about the next issue, getting him up the hill up to my place. And about 45 minutes later, I'm cruising along, and I see this really cool-looking truck, and it's like nothing I've ever seen on the highway before. You know, you see stuff on the highway, and you go, oh, look, like um, a lot of times you'll pass, headed, headed east, these giant trucks, and they're carrying one long propeller for a wind turbine. And they're huge, and they have a little bit of curve to them. They're really cool. But this, this truck was smaller and painted red, had big arms on it, and there was this big steel box on it. And I went, huh, that looks a lot like my box. And then I realized, that is my box. And Jeremy hadn't gone to the other side of the river, and I pass him. And I sort of read the phone number on, on the truck, and I go, yeah, that's him. Anyway, he gets up the hill, no problem. I was worried about that. He gets up the hill, no problem. And he backs the truck up to set the container where I want it. And, and really, there was nothing to it. He just said, okay, you want it here? Boom, there, there you go. And then he asked me, is this good? And it wasn't. It was, it was crooked. I have these post uh, brackets in the ground for a shelter I'm going to put over the container to keep it out of the sun. And it was not lined up with it. I'm, how am I going to move it later on? So I, I had to admit to him, no, it was really a few inches out. And could he move this 10-ton box over just a, just a squish? He grabbed his levers. Jeremy moved the container over like he was, like he was moving a baby over in a cradle. I couldn't believe it. It was perfect. He put it exactly where I wanted it. It was great. And I told him right then, I love watching someone who knows how to do his job well. And then he allowed himself a quick little smile. And I asked him if he could put another container next to the first, if I could find one. And he said, yeah, if it was empty. So I'll fill this one container up um, once I figure out what's in all the boxes I've got packed and stored away. So I want to give you this simple word to the wise. Purge your shop every year. I did not. I just had a big space so I could just put stuff in it. Purge your shop and then get folks to help you. Help you. You will need the help. I had to stop thinking that I could always do everything myself. I couldn't. I can't. I needed help. And so I called on students and friends and it meant the world to me. Gargantuan help. It was really, it was huge. So my thanks to, to all those who pitched in to get me out of that place. Um, it was a big deal. Now, I, I want to point out that moving, if you haven't done it in a while, and I hadn't, it had been 15 years, is a big deal. It's um, emotional and physical and, and stressful. And But one of the things I learned from this experience was how flexible one needed to be, because you would make these plans and then well, the truck wouldn't show up when you thought it was supposed to show up or your helpers didn't show up or the load you thought was going to fit did not fit. And there was a lot of things like that where plan A was good, but you better have a plan B and maybe a plan C just in case because uh, you just had to move things around when your plans didn't go as, as planned. So... It, it was it was quite an experience, and uh, I learned I learned from it. As for the studio, I'm going to continue teaching. 
but it will be online now. As the weeks go by, I'll start putting up uh, our schedule of online classes. The online mastery program is still gathering uh, applicants for probably a November start. I'm hoping to get started in November. I'm still locking down a new space and still working on that. In any event, please check out the website northwestwoodworking.com to get more information on our online classes, our online lectures that are available now, and uh, what's coming up. Please don't forget that if you like what you hear on this podcast, you can support me on Coffee, K-O-F-I dot com. Please check out our YouTube channel, and I'm posting a lot of stuff on Instagram these days too, so Northwest Woodworking. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.